CougarFan.com, Rise and Shot Podcast, episode 434. Get all of your BYU sport news at CougarFan.com. Matt, so Justin Sweeney. Sweeney! He's asked us, why isn't Halloween the last Saturday of October every year? Hashtag tweetbag. This is brilliant. This this is brilliant. This is a no-brainer, and I don't know why this hasn't been done. Now, there are communities that do this, that do the last Friday or the last Saturday in October. And I want to go to there. So I would say that this is very doable, and it's probably a local thing that you could drive. Uh, because mm. it's the worst on like a Wednesday night when you got little kids. Yeah, nobody wants to do that. And, and they stay up late and they ate eight thousand grams of sugar, and it's not a good combo. It's a not bad a combo. combo. But you know what's bad. a really good combo? Having the thirty first on the Saturday and then getting an hour sleep back. Oh. It's it. I'll, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. I, I've been saying all year that this was the year to get rid of daylight savings time, but uh, I thoroughly enjoyed that extra hour this weekend. Yeah. Well, I didn't enjoy it when my four-year-old woke up early. But see, that's the difference between you and me. When my kids wake up, I just let them run them. around the house like savages. No, I would let them. I can't sleep through it like you do. You gotta. You gotta figure that out. Well, you gotta get in, you gotta get on top of that, man. It's it's been many years. I think um, the ship might have sailed on that. And then, of course, Halloween's the one thing. Which, by the way, you actually dressed up in a costume for the first time. And how old are you? Your uh, whole life? Probably, probably a decade or more. Mm. Yeah, you were a dragon. Yeah, yeah inflatable nice. dragon. I was Han Solo. So we did a Star Wars theme this year. Family did a great job. I loved the picture of the the candy slide that your wife did with the, uh, with yes. the like um, the Millennium Falcon, the front of the Millennium, Millennium Falcon, Falcon like yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was Very pretty cool. sweet. It was Very pretty cool. sweet. We didn't have as many trick or treaters as some previous years because I don't know if you know this or not. There's a global pandemic going on. I had heard something about that. Yeah, yeah, we had. I think we had two trick or treaters. No joke, really. How many do you guys usually have? A bunch or no? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, we're kind of in the corner of our neighborhood on a cul-de-sac, so we don't get as much as like other parts of our subdivision, but, uh, typically we get a bunch, but like we looked out there and we're like, we could walk the kids and get a piece of candy every 10 houses, or we can just stay here with a bunch of candy, watch a movie and eat ice cream and eat and throw candy at each other. So that's, that's kind of what we ended up yeah, doing. That makes sense. Well, the other topic this week, Matt, that people are talking about besides Halloween is an election. There's an election tomorrow. We're recording this, this on Monday that's night. this year? That's yeah, this and, year? And Vakaviti asks, will you endorse Biden as a podcast? Does he get our podcast endorsement, Biden? I'll tell you what. Is this, this, obviously, this, if, all joking aside, this has been an election that is, is heavily, it's heavily debated. Why are you putting and joking aside? But go ahead. heated right. people on both sides of this. But, but really, guys, like, all, in all seriousness, there's, I don't understand how you can endorse anyone but one candidate. For president. Who's that? Zach Wilson. Well, I mean, I don't understand it either. I don't understand I mean, it. It doesn't I don't make any sense. see why it's a question. Yeah. Now, if you, wanted, if you wanted to say that you would like to elect Kalani Satake, I could probably get on board with that. Yeah. Um, I would like him to be set up as a... Um, um, him to be set up as a... 
in an extension first with us, another extension more than run. So for in president. all seriousness, what BYU figure would you would you like to be president? Like in in, in BYU sports history, Jim McMahon. <laughs> yes. Uh, I don't know BYU sports history. Tom uh, Homo. Tom Homo would be good. Um, he, he has a lot in common with the founding fathers. They declared independence. He declared independence. It's true. He's basically a founding father. Basically the same thing. He's freaking George Washington. <laughs> huh. All right. So we're done. You've All done right. it. You've picked the. You've picked our next president. All right. There we go. So let's jump into the tweet bag. Tweet bag. So last week we missed a bunch of tweet bag questions, most of which we are not going to revisit because time has destroyed them, really. Uh, so sorry, everybody. This week we don't have that problem. We had a lot fewer tweet bag questions. I think everybody learned their lesson. I, I'm not going to put it in if it's not going to be in there. Uh, so I don't know what happened. But anyway, um, but we did have one from Gary Payne that's at Fast Break GP. He says, new show segment suggestion. We love those. I'm so done with, I will start you off. He says, I'm so done with the overanalysis and discussion of uniforms and uniform colors. And another less controversial one, I am so done with hearing about Zach Wilson's drives to California to work out. So Matt, BYU related, what are you so done with? I've got another Zach Wilson one. I'm so done with hearing about the fact that Zach Wilson grew up a Utah fan. Mm. There was another story that came out on that today. A, a Utah-based publication. Really? Like, that story is, like, so worn out. Yeah, I mean, he's been starting for BYU for three years now. Right. He is and 100% a cougar now, so let's let's be done with that. It's just, it's crazy town. So I'm so done with that. Mm, okay. I'm so done with BYU hasn't played anybody. Oh, yeah. Number one, that'll change this week because we get a top... Uh, 25 team to play but I've done a bunch of analysis other people have done it this is not the weakest schedule BYU's played through seven weeks ever this is not that worse of a schedule than the front half of a Pac-12 schedule if you happen to play a couple of cupcakes out of conference and then play some of the mediocre ones first um, this is not a SEC schedule we're playing. It's not as good of a schedule as we had uh, lined up, though actually some of those teams turned out not to be as good. So, um, you know, there's, of course, I was going to say Michigan State, but they turned out okay this week. Hey, if you're Jim Harbaugh, you're getting fired after this year, right? You can't beat Michigan State or Ohio State. But they own like a bajillion dollars. But you were hired to do two things. Beat Ohio, beat Ohio State. State. Beat Michigan State. Those no. are the two things you were hired to do. No, you were hired to beat Ohio State and win a national championship. Well, but you can't win a national championship if you can't take care of things in East Lansing. I mean, no, that's just... No, you cannot. You know, no, I don't mean cannot. to say that the road to the national championship runs through East Lansing because it, it does not. But if you can't get out of there... It does for Michigan. Um, so I would say I'm done with that. Yes, we all get it. This is not one of the best schedules ever. BYU has had better schedules, will have better schedules. Lots of teams have better schedules. There have been Big 12 and ACC teams that have gone to 
big time bowls with schedules not that much better than what we'll end up playing. Depending on, you know, San Diego State looks decent. So you may have two really good teams. Boise and San Diego State on the schedule. I get it, but it's not as good. But who cares? Let's be done with that. I'm done with it. All right. Spencer Thurman has one of the longest things I'm ever going to read on the podcast, but it's too good for me not to read. Here he goes. He says, I can't even think about Boise. He's too nervous. He's too nervous to think about it. So instead, I wanted to tell you about the strangest place I almost watched a BYU game. Remember, we got that question from, I forget from whom, uh, but we got that a few weeks ago. He says, in November 2006, I was staying at the in-laws timeshare in Escondido, California. It was the week of the big BYU-Utah game, and try as I might, I couldn't get the game on, the t- on TV. I even called the management and asked if there was any way to get the game or even pay for the game. Hint, these were the glory days of, you guessed it, the Mountain Network. Which had no glory days, but I Correct. see his point. And found out the answer was nope. No way at all. I was beside myself. I didn't know what to do. My wife had a great idea and called around to local sports bars to see if they got the mountain and if they could turn the game on. You and I had similar experiences in that time frame. Yes, and typically when you do this, you have to order five hours worth of food and tip heavily to keep the game on. Correct, correct. One place said they could do it, Hooters. My wife enthusiastically told me we could go to Hooters, get some wings, and watch the game, but I couldn't do it. I watched the game feed on Yahoo!, and lost my mind as time expired and we lost to Utah. I stormed out of the condo and kicked some things. I had a real adult tantrum. It wasn't for 10 minutes that I noticed that Yahoo had updated, and BYU, in fact, beat Utah on the Beck to Harley and answered prayer. (laughs) (laughs) This is almost as bad as, maybe it's worse than when I was watching it and the guy fast-forwarded it. Remember? Oh, yeah. You've heard yeah. me tell that story. I've told it on a podcast a couple of times. Um, greatest game I never watched. Where were you when Beck and Harley Miracle occurred? I was at a friend's house. He We started the game late, recorded it because he hates commercials. And he was sitting there doing the, you know, I'll hit the button three times to skip the 90-second commercials, right? That He had a 30-second skip button on his remote. And he skipped... So that the last play, all we saw was Harleen with kneeling in the end zone. So maybe not as bad as as Spencer, because I actually saw the BYU one. Where were you in 2006 watching that game? I was in the basement of our brother Mark's house watching it with Mark and our nephew David. Mm. And when Harleen caught that pass, David jumped out of his chair. He almost hit his head on the ceiling. That's it for the tweet back because now we're going to preview the game. Before that, though, uh, our Patreon page, we've had a couple of new supporters, uh, patrons, if you will, and you can support us at patreon.com slash rise and shout. We don't, re- we don't demand this. The podcast is free. It always has been for 10 years. 10 years, Matt, this month. We need to get a live. We do. We do need to get a live. Uh, Ten years this month. But we're giving away to a listener. We will tweet it out at halftime. Somebody that's on the Patreon list will get a gift card um, to their choice of Royal Army brand or the BYU bookstore. So if you want to be considered for that, if you've been thinking about signing up to be a Patreon patron, now's the time to do it. So 
Um, of course, if we're getting killed at the time, it's not going to be. It's going to be a very anticlimactic announcement. Don't say that. Why would you say that? Why would you say that? Why would you say that? Why'd you say that? Oh, crap. All right. It's time for Why Mountain. Our big segment is going to be the Boise State preview, Matt. So, we got a question from Jens Linton off of Twitter. Of course, you can tweet at us at BYU underscore right shout. You can join the conversation at Facebook, facebook.com slash rise and shout. And you can email us at rise and shout pod at gmail.com. Speaking of uniforms, he says, which huh, somebody is so done with, I think. Um, will the all blue uniforms and field of Boise create a camouflage for DBs and a challenge for Zach Wilson? He does do the winking emoji. Nick um, Aletto has been very clear that he doesn't think it has any effect as a player. It's just annoying to watch on TV. Well, it's like all those teams that wear green uniforms to blend in with their grass. They're just a bunch of cheaters. That's right. Yeah, Tulane. Michigan State. Michigan State. Yeah, the Jets. green. The Actually, Jets. the Jets are cheaters. Yeah, That's just everyone knows that. The Jets could probably use the help. They definitely could use the help. By the way, I saw somebody, I don't know if it was it was Barkley, Chuck, no, not not Charles Barkley, but who's the BYU fan? The Barkley something. You know, you know Nar- what I'm talking Narles about? Narls Barkley? Yeah, Narls Barkley, yeah, yeah. Say that uh, Zach would stay in the, um, in the, at BYU, because there was some mock draft that had Zach Wilson being drafted by the Patriots and that he would stay in instead of going to the Patriots. I, okay, I get it. Everybody hates the Patriots, but us Patriots fans, 10-4. Zach Wilson would be stoked out of his brain to go play for Belichick. Are you kidding me? He's a football junkie. He, he'd fit right in. Listen, let's think about just college like, football smart history for a second. Okay, players that have held out because they didn't want to go to the team that was drafting early or might take them, right? So you're talking about John Elway. You're and talking Eli about Manning. Eli Manning. That's it, now, right? People are And people are asking Trevor Lawrence, like, will you stay in school because you don't want to go to the Jets or whoever? Like, he's not going to do that. No, he's going to make a decision. If, if he wants to go, he's going to go. And if he wants to stay, he's going to stay. And I think yeah. he'll probably go. Uh, though... This COVID thing, honestly, if I'm Trevor Lawrence and my goal was to win a Heisman, and he was going to win the Heisman, I think, barring something weird, and then something weird happened. And so there could be a part of him that says if they don't win the title and he doesn't win the Heisman this year, that he wants to come back, right? I I don't think he will, but it wouldn't be be nuts for him to do that, right? I think it'd be nuts, but... Why? I mean... How many people have gotten, how many first round draft pick quarterbacks have gotten catastrophic injuries and not gotten drafted? Name one. Not it a doesn't lot. happen. Right. But I, I, to me, it's about the time value of money. Yeah, but he's going to make so much money that it's. Cash the checks. Nearly irrelevant. Cash the checks. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, but I, I don't think it's crazy. All right. So he says, okay, over, under. Who will be the difference in this game, offense or defense? That's not an over-under, Jens. It's like a pick em. Yeah, That's not how that works. Um, but is this BYU's biggest game in the past 20 years? We'll get to that question next. Um, actually, let's get to that question first, and then we'll do the offense-defense. The answer to me is an easy yes. This is BYU's biggest game at the time it happened 
in the last 20 years. Some people are saying it's the biggest game since 84. I don't know if I buy that. I think 84? the cotton. Yeah, since the Holiday Bowl. That's insane. Well, you want to say 1996 Cotton Bowl, I'm guessing. You don't want to say 1996? Uh, I think you could make the argument 2001, the Hawaii game that we ended up losing, okay. was, All right. a, was, a, was an equivalent game to this. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, I, I think that's that's in the right realm. But 96 may be the biggest. I'm not saying that is, but I'm saying you could make. I, I could listen to that argument. That was a here's, big game. Where I think this, what I think this all comes down to is what you believe is actually at stake here. Now, if you are of the opinion that a win here and winning out this season gives BYU a legitimate shot at participating in the college football playoff, then yes. Which I do not. I, then this is this is clearly the most important game of the last 20 years. It might be the most important game since 1984. Uh, if you it, believe that that's true. I don't believe that that's true. It, I think it, our upside here is a New Year's Six game. Which like is a big deal. Cotton Bowl. Which is, yeah. which is a, a big deal, for right. sure. Um, you know, I, I would say, I mean, that 2001 season, Hawaii wasn't a world-beating team, right? They were a top 50 team at best, okay? Uh, so going into the game, this game's got to be bigger than that one. I would make that argument, right? Because that game only is big in retrospect because you lost it, right? You you were expected to win it and you lost it. This Boise game, this is a pick man. We'll get to our predictions later, but this Boise team, I've watched those two games they played. They're good. This is the by far the best team we will play this year. And it's not close. And when you have two really good teams play each other, you know what it is? A coin flip, right? Yep. And that's why, that's why Spencer doesn't want to spend time thinking about this game, right? Is <laughs> because, you know, and when I say coin flip, I, I don't mean that it probably will. It just means that if you played this game 10 times, five times BYU is going to win and five times Boise is going to win, you will occasionally have a blowout in that scenario. And everyone, if there's a blowout one way or the other, if it's a blowout for us, man, it makes our resume look good, right? But if it's a blowout for Boise, that doesn't mean BYU stunk this entire six weeks, six games, right? That's not what that means. But it does mean they get beat on a given day. Um, anyway. So the biggest game in 20 years, probably, I would say. But I'm with you. I think the Cotton Bowl is at least as big as this game, if not bigger. Well, and going into the Hawaii game, you know, Hawaii, it's, Hawaii wasn't ranked. They were in, not in ranked. In 2001. No. And I would love to go sometime earlier in that season and say, you know, that was the game that put you in the position to win that game and do something special. But there's not one game on that in that season you can single out that way like that that season was about a body of work not a single game well and we so, didn't play a single ranked team until right. the bowl game loss to louisville right so yeah. I, I have a hard time singling out a game in that season um so i probably have to go back to 96 and by the way something that's comparable here if you want to have fun with people they will say oh if we hadn't lost staley we beat Hawaii, okay? And that is false. Uh, we gave up 72 points 
to Hawaii. Yeah. Their quarterback threw for 500 yards. They had 646 total yards. Reno Mahe averaged nine yards a carry as a running back. The problem in that game was the defense. Not the fact that uh, Brandon Doman also got hurt in the game, right? Because Peterson ended up finishing it. Yeah, Peterson comes in in the third quarter. Yeah. Um, so that game was, I've heard people say, if Staley hadn't gotten hurt, we would have gone undefeated. That is false. We just laid an absolute egg against Hawaii defensively. Uh, 600 yards, man, mm. of, of uh, offense. Anyway, um, but yeah, I'm with you. It's probably since 96. But if you look back at some of those 2000, let's call it uh, the Beck Hall years, there's some big games there, right? What about, it was early in the year, so it doesn't have the weight, but Oklahoma, right? What year was that? That was... That was 2007. Seven, yeah. So, I mean, that was a pretty big game, right? Yeah. So, I, I, there's a few in there that you can make a case, but that's probably true. Um, uh, was, no, it wasn't was 2007. That was in 2007. Nice job. Way to... Why did I agree with you? I don't know. I shouldn't have agreed with you. An idiot. I shouldn't. Shouldn't have done that. Um, that was... Yeah, anyway. The TCU game in 2000 and... Uh, 2006 was a big one. Do you remember that one? They had kind of had our number and they were ranked and we beat them and ended up going on that amazing winning streak that included the Utah game we just talked about, right? Where we had started the year one and two and looked pretty much like we were done and we ended up running the table in the Mountain West. That was a pretty big game. But again, there were several of those big games with TCU. Yeah, we had a bunch. But again, the weight wasn't there because that was the week five. And quite frankly, I think we all thought we were mediocre. We were two and two. And we're like, well, let's let's wait till next year, right? So it's probably since 96. Probably is. Um, so who will be the big difference in this game for BYU, offense or defense? Um, I think the defense is going to have to be the difference maker here. I agree. Uh, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, I don't even know what else to say there. Yeah, I agree with you. Well, Skyler Christensen has an email question for us about the defense. He says, Mangum Brothers, long-time listener, first-time writer. Well, Skyler, welcome to the tweet bag. I know we're not giving up a lot of points, but I feel like our defensive approach is just to try and not make big mistakes while seemingly lesser teams are able to make 15 play drives. Are we just taking our foot off the gas, or is this who we are? If I'm Boise State, I really don't fear our defense. Am I overreacting, or is our defense actually a concern? Love the pod. Keep it up. So, Matt, is our defense a concern to you at this moment? Uh, No, not why? Uh, when I look at the box scores and watch the uh, the way the, the games have flowed, with the exception of the Houston game, um, I think the defenses look fine. And and then on top of that, if you just if you look at the game flow and the box score for Houston, and you see the way the Houston scored uh, as as that game went on, right? Like so, in the first half, you know they came out of there, they got twenty points in the first half, and they're up. 
and that that second quarter for them was really big. And then we made the adjustments at halftime and shut them down in the second half. Yeah, so yeah. I I think that the and I agree that the defense and their performance this, this Friday night is going to be key. I'm not concerned based on what I've seen. Um, you know, I think Houston is a decent analog. It's the best comparison we have uh, on the schedule so far for Boise State. Um, you know, I think Boise State is pretty good. I think Houston has some real speed on their offense, and we were able to compete. So I'm not freaking out about our defense's ability to compete against Boise State. Yeah, I mean, I think we're going to give up yards and points to Boise State. Probably more yards and more points than we've given up to any opponent this year. I don't think it's a major area of concern for me. I don't care about the 15-play drive. I don't care. It took them 10 minutes to do a 15-play drive to not score. That's great for us. A 10-minute drive where they got no points was great. The other part is... They We played very vanilla on defense, and I think that was purely strategic to not give more film to Boise. And we did the same thing on offense. No trick plays, no screens, right? Like, we did nothing on either side of the ball to tip our hand on what we're going to do next week. And I think that was all on purpose, don't you? Yes. This was a scrimmage for us. Why would you give any of that up? Right. And and yes, they've got six other games before Western Kentucky, but I, I would say they played it very vanilla to give them no more game film than what they already have. And on top of that, I, I mean, I don't know why everybody is so worked up about the second half, about the offense or the defense. It was a scrimmage, guys. And p- pretending like the second half is meaningful to me is it's just creating worry where there doesn't need to be worry. Now, we may still lose to Boise because they're a good team. It won't be because we didn't do the right things in the second half against Western Kentucky. Those are not correlated, I don't believe. Yeah. I was waiting for you to say something ingenious. I had nothing I was disappointed. I was disappointed. All right. John Brame said, at Johnny Dangerman on Twitter, any word on Boise COVID cases? Will that impact the game? Was there Boise COVID cases? I hadn't heard anything about Boise COVID cases. We're not reporters, so um, if if it's not on the uh, the great internet, I can't say that I have any um, any inside knowledge of that. Sorry, John. I don't have anything recent. Yeah, I don't know. Well, well, Boise State starting quarterback and safety didn't. Apparently didn't play last week, right? Yeah, but, but I don't know if they don't. I don't know if they're back. You know, nobody has said they're not playing this week. But they also didn't say they had COVID, right? Wasn't it undisclosed reasons? Yeah, they said that we they have a policy of not discussing it, right? I yeah. think we all just assumed it was COVID. But it could be something else, right? I, I mean, in the end, we don't. I don't know. So. Uh, I no, I don't think it'll impact the game. And by the way, their backup quarterback might be better than their starting quarterback. I mean, it's not like the guy had a terrible day. Sears twenty for two hundred and eighty yards. Yeah, Sears looked good. Now I don't think Air Force. The problem, in general, quite frankly, with Boise is I'm still not sure. I mean, if we end up blowing them out, what it might mean is that they're not as good as we thought they were because that we overrated the fact that they just they beat two bad teams. I mean, Utah State looks really bad. 
Like, do you feel bad for Gary Anderson? I don't. Do you feel bad for him? Nope. I don't feel bad for him. I do feel bad for some of their players. They are probably nice people. Um, but they look bad. I mean, that game against San Diego State, they look bad. Like, not good. Um, that's what bad means, by the way, not good. So I, I don't, I, you know, it's a little harder. I would love if we if we were four or five or six or seven games into Boise's season and we really had a really good feel for how good they are on both sides of the ball. And their defense played a run option, you know, with Air Force and a terrible offense in Utah State. So is their defense any good? Maybe, right? They could be. They've been good in the past. Uh, They've had some really good defenses in the last few years. So, I mean, that's the unit... I think their offense will score some points. My question is, is their defense good enough to slow BYU down if BYU's got is doing everything that they can? Uh, so Brame says, have defensive found something in pressuring Wilson with tight man coverage? Is that something Boise can't support? Uh, so what week has, has, has Zach Wilson been stopped? Did I miss something? Yeah, I'm not sure what game we're talking about there. Are we talking about Western Kentucky, the scrimmage? Well, yes, he was off on a bunch of throws. Is it UTSA when we only scored 27 points? Uh, He had a pretty good game against UTSA. I I don't know what people are talking about. The answer is if they get a ton of pressure on Zach Wilson, he will play worse. Like pretty much every other quarterback in the history of mankind, right? Yeah, that's kind of how that works. If they hit him, if they move him off his spot... And if their defensive backs can man up Milne and Romney and make the throws tighter, I I didn't think th- that our wide receivers got shut down at all against Western Kentucky. He had some open throws that he missed. I mean, the guy's throwing, completing seventy five percent of his passes. Correct. Right. Like what the. Yeah, there's there's nothing to see here. The answer is, may they force him into a bad game? Absolutely. Boise has, uh, Boise is a very good team, and they may end up uh, forcing him into a bad game. Yes, Do you that think is you've true. watched more. You've watched more Boise than me. Do, does Boise have this have the team speed that Houston does? Uh, I don't think so. No, I mean uh, they have some speed, uh, but no, I don't think they're as fast. But I will say this: I think they're way more disciplined than a Dana Holgerson team is, right? So yeah, Well, yeah, but that's not hard. That's not hard. I will say I don't think there's more fast. discipline than a Dana Holgerson That's coach true. Team. That's true. Um, or apparently as uh, as uh, Chicago Bear wide receivers. Yeah, that was bizarre. Uh, you Come over sh- and tap a guy on the shoulder and then sucker punch him in the face. <laughs> and then when he doesn't respond, I'm going to swing at him a second time. Yeah, what's yeah. wrong with people? Morons. He has a helmet on. Why are we yeah. punching people in the face with who have a helmet on? Yeah, yeah, it's 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 bizarre. It's bizarre. Seventy. Uh, Zach Wilson has completed seventy four point six percent of his passes for twenty one hundred fifty two yards, over eleven yards per attempt, nine touchdowns, and two interceptions. And one of those interceptions was not his fault. Now, to be fair, he's had a couple other throws that could have been picked off very easily that were not. Here's the other thing. I don't care about the long streaks of no interceptions. Who was the record holder before before him? I don't know. Charlie Peterson. Great. Do you, do you know what throwing too few interceptions mean? You're not throwing a lot of passes? You're not throwing a lot of passes or you're not taking some risks. 
You know who what quarterbacks at BYU threw a lot of interceptions? All of the really good ones. Right? So, I mean, don't get me wrong. Turnovers stink. But, you know, you've got to, I mean, the Charlie Peterson. Oh, he broke Charlie Peterson's record. You know, I think everyone was expecting, oh, it's Steve Young's record. That must be Robbie Bosco. Uh, though Charlie Peterson was better than we probably remember. Um, but I don't know. I'm not... The we're going to score points, right? Are, are you afraid we're going to score less than 20 points? No, and nobody is, by the way. No. I don't think Boise's defense is that good. This is not some shutdown defense. Well, heck, I mean, I was about to say Bama. I think we could put up 25 points on Bama this year. I don't know if our defense could hold them under 40. Um, But, you know... Bama's defense is is no great shakes this year compared to some other years. Um, did I just say great shakes? I don't even know what that means. Am I, I wanted 50s? to I wanted to respond and interact with what you were saying there, but like I didn't really have anything to say that was going to be the cat's pajamas. <laughs> so or whatever it is you're talking to, about. To, to to John's question, I think number one, they will try to jam the wide receivers and disrupt Milne and Romney. And they have a better opportunity because they have better athletes than almost any other team we've played. And they'll be camouflaged against their blue turf. (laughs) And they will try to get pressure on Zach Wilson. And there's three things you can do against pressure, right? Get the ball out super fast. You can max protect. And you can run some plays like draws and screens to counteract it, right? And I think Grimes will end up mixing all three of those things into the playbook on Friday night. I think we'll see Max protect. We'll see really quick throws. And we will see some, as not as many as I probably would like, some screens as well. Because uh, there's no doubt Boise's going to come after him. Because if you just sit back, he's going to pick you apart. That has been shown pretty clear this year. Yeah, And I don't think their defensive backs are good enough to, for them to rush three and for Wilson to never be able to find anybody open. All right, similar kind of question. Travis Larson at Larson underscore Travis on Twitter says, BYU wins this game if blank. They score more points. Oh, oh that's it. my that's joke. That's not funny. That's my that's joke. That's not funny. So what's, BYU wins this game if Zach Wilson throws for over 330 yards. BYU wins this game if the defense can play aggressive and hold Boise uh, and hold Boise to a couple of key three and outs in the second half. So I put it on the defense. Uh, other keys to the game, Matt. You have any other keys? Um, I feel like th- I I think it is going to come down to defense in the second half. Um, who punts? Who punts more? And converting off of turnovers. And and I know I, I kind of harp on this a lot. And for me, this is a very basic thing. Um, but I I feel like that's that's going to be a game changer in a game where I believe a lot of points are going to be scored. And uh, if you're able to take the ball away. And score off of that takeaway, it, you're gain, you're really taking advantage of an additional possession there. Yeah, so in a sure. close, high-scoring game like this, that becomes even more important. Okay, okay. I think 
um, I think a key to this game is Batty's been out, right? Uh, we believe he'll be playing on Friday night. They need somebody, Dar Batty, to win a couple because we're not going to blitz all night. That's that's just not who Togaki is. I know that annoys many of us that we don't blitz more, but that's just not who he is. But if Batty or Daw can create a couple of negative plays or Tonga up the middle, because there's this is one I read. I think it was Jeff Hansen on Twitter pointed out their center has struggled big time. Yeah. We need yeah. one of those three to create a couple of negative plays in their passing game. Two, three, four sacks. And that'll lead to what I talked about before, a couple of key three and outs where we get the ball back. And it, it prevents us from needing to score every time because we're not going to score every time against Boise. This isn't, um, you know, some of the teams we played where we didn't punt till Zach came out of the game, right? Um, that's not going to be, this team's better than that. We're not going to score and people are going to panic when that happens, when we have two drives in a row where we don't score. Um, but it's going to happen. Because Boise's better than any team we've played. Um, you believe that? I think that I do. I think it's a close call between... Uh, it may be close between Boise and Houston, but Boise's probably the best team on the schedule. Yeah, yeah. And again, we're going off of two games, right? So it's a little harder to judge uh, Boise than it would be in a regular year. Um, the other key for me is Tyler Algier and getting him going early. And if... He starts carving up their defense, then I think it's going to be very hard for them to bring pressure against Zach Wilson the way they want to, and it the play action passing will lead to some big plays, as we've seen already this season, right? Where you get the linebackers looking in, and now it's the wide receiver in a zone, and it's, they're behind the linebackers, and it's forty yards, right? Um, right. So I think I feel. Like those are other those are the two keys for me is some some pass rush and Tyler Algier. Any others for you? Let me ask you this question. Do you know how many players on BYU's how many players on BYU's offense have, have caught more than ten passes this year? I don't know the answer to that. Five? Six? Five is the number. Okay. okay. And if I lower my number to nine, I get another I get Algier in there. Okay. So how about this? How many players on BYU's offense have received for 98 yards or more this year? Oh, those same five? No, it's a higher number. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Wow. Seven players have received for 98 yards or more this year. And one of those is also Algier. Okay, so those guys are Milne, Romney, Powell, Rex, Katoa, Algier and Mason Wake. I think a key to the game here is to is continuing to spread the ball around. I think you're right. I think they get up on the line of scrimmage and they're going to try and rough up Milne and Romney. But if you can get the ball out, if if Isaac Rex can make a couple of key catches, or if Algier and Katoa coming out of the backfield can are there for a checkdown, if the route gets disruptive, it's going to force the Boise State defense to switch up what they're doing, and then you free up Milne and Romney. Well, right. I, I mean, Katoa, that that uh, West Western Kentucky defender's jockstrap still sitting at the thirty yard line in yes, Lavelle Edwards is. Stadium. I mean, yes, he he juked that dude out of his shorts. Which, by the way, they 
I think they're not a uh, they're not a good team this year. I, I think they're well coached or whatever. But boy, that guy's got to keep Katoa towards the sideline, right? Like you cannot somebody let him to, cut back. Somebody yeah. needs to clean up the yard sale he left behind when he fell for that juke. Yeah. But 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 I think a key here is they got to spread the ball around. They just have yeah. to keep spreading the ball around. Yeah, and and Wilson has shown that right all year that he will take the open wide receiver. There were a couple times he didn't do that on Saturday, but I mean. He will take the open wide receiver, and he doesn't care who it is. It can be Carter Wheat, right? It doesn't have to be his three favorite wide receivers. If somebody's open, he tries to get the ball to them. Now, Romney and Milne are playing at a level. I asked this, uh, the you know, what's the best wide receiver duo? Is this the best we've ever had, right? And it probably isn't, but it's it's in the discussion. Right. It's pretty good. I mean, between them, what are we at? Like twelve hundred yards, eight touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, seventy catches or so. I mean, it, it's, they're amazing. It's and not they're bad. both making. The thing is, yes, sometimes they're getting easy catches because Wilson throws them open, but they've also both made amazing athletic catches. Right, where yes, he put it up there to a good athlete, and they made a play. But where the play is just as much their play as it is Wilson's. And in a couple of cases, more theirs, right? Where the throw wasn't even that good. I mean, there's that one that was behind Milne. You remember that one? Oh, yeah. In the middle of the field. Like, that should be an incompletion. It was a bad throw. And Milne, Milne bailed him out. So, And very few drops this year, by the way. There, yeah, no more that's... no more dropsies that we've had some you, past years. You see the kind of when you look at what the if you look at the completion percentage, you don't get there without players not dropping the ball. Yeah. So Alex Saunders, that's at Alex Saunders ninety, says it's the final play of the twenty eighteen Boise State game, second and goal with seven seconds left. With our twenty twenty roster and plays called so far this season, what do you call to give us the win? Isaac Rex to the right side of the end zone. 50% of the time, it works every time. By the way, one of my favorite, I hate when defensive backs wag their finger when they didn't do anything, right? Um, but the guy made a good play on the first one, starts like yapping, and then I love that they did the same play in a row, and Isaac Rex got the touchdown over him. It was like Zach Wilson was like, oh, I made a bad throw, right? And so the guy was able to make a play on the ball. And then he's like, this time I'm going to make the perfect throw. And the guy can't get up high enough. Right? Yep. It was fantastic. Um, what play would you call if we're down with a chance to win seven seconds left and second and goal? I would call the play that the Kansas City Chiefs are now referring to as the Cougar. <laughs> I'd do that little shovel pass to Mason Wake on the inside and let him rumble it in. Uh, I do not. I take a quick... I, t- I try to take a quick move with Milne to the inside, line him up in the slot, and if it's there, you, you you take it, and if not, you throw it out of bounds and you fight for one more play. Actually, I lied. I wouldn't really do that because it'll get stuffed. We've been to that well too many times. We've only so done I'd it once. Probably do... right? I thought we ran it again against Hawaii and got it stuffed. Against uh, Houston, got it stuffed. Mm, Maybe no. I, no, I'm thinking of a handoff. I'm thinking you of think, a handoff. You're thinking of a handoff. We've only yeah. ran that play once, I believe, all year. We did a Let's similar play and did a shovel well, to Algier on Saturday. Or really, or you do something where you fake some play action up the middle, roll Wilson out uh, to one, to the long side of the field and give him a pass option in the quarter of the end zone or, or run it. Yeah. And again, Wilson 
Wilson quarterback draw is a potential there too. But again, you have to have the right alignment, right? You have to have man coverage and you need to have not a bunch of guys lined up behind uh, in, in the box, right? And that's the thing. Play calling, we, we make fun of play callers all the time. Play calling is really hard when you don't know what the defense is going to play and what they're going to do. And then you've got, in this case, we now have a veteran quarterback who can make better decisions than that same problem we had two years against Boise where he wasn't sure about down and distance, right, and time, uh, and he made the wrong call two years ago, right? Wilson did. I don't think he does that this year. How very Tom Brady of him. People, it happens. I mean... Too soon. Always too soon. Don't make fun of Tom Terrific, ever. Ever. Even if he's with the Buccaneers. Which, by the way, how are you going to feel if the Buccaneers win the Super Bowl? How are you going to feel about that? I'm feeling okay, I guess. (laughs) I'm looking at the situation right now, I'm like, they should have just paid the man. (laughs) I, I think it was past getting paid, unfortunately. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, but I think he wanted to go do something different. But I'll tell you what, Cam Newton, first couple of weeks, everyone's like, man, this guy's going to get paid next year. And Dude, now I it's kind of like. I was to buy a jersey. And now it's like, well, who's he going to be backing up next year? Do you think the Cowboys sign him to back up, start a few games before Prescott comes back? So um, just goes to show you, playing quarterback in the NFL, very hard. Life comes at you fast. Have you seen Russell Wilson? He works out 363 days a year. He takes off Christmas and Thanksgiving, and he has two hyperbaric chambers. He wants to play till he's 45. Hey, it can be done. I'm 44. I'm not playing in the NFL. Yeah, but you weren't playing in the NFL when you were 25 either. No, I was not, or close thereunto. Um, but I am training for another 5K. I started the training today. I'm going to run it over Thanksgiving. There you go. So I'm doing something. Oh boy. I'm, I'm basically Russell Wilson without the money, the looks, or the athletic ability. What are you training for next? I don't know. I'm still, uh, I still got a little bit of recovery from my, uh, I don't know. Did we talk about this on the show? My Grand Canyon rim to rim to rim? We did not talk about it on the show. So that was, uh, what was that? Probably... Oh geez, six seven weeks ago. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm still I'm still getting my legs back under me. Um, from that. Yeah, yeah that, that makes a, sense. That was a straight shot. All right. Stopping. That is that amazing, by the way. What yeah. you did, it's really cool. I think the next one's just going to be a straight fifty mile race without ten thousand feet of elevation change. Oh sure, yeah, that's what yeah. all of us do. Really, what um, gets you coming in and out of the canyon? That's right. Uh, Justin Sweeney has our last question about this game. He says, how will weather impact the game? Likely to have cold, wet, hard balls, which seriously jeopardize performance. No? Hashtag tweet bag. Hashtag double entendre bag. I don't know who hasn't worried about performance with cold with cold <laughs> balls. <laughs> what is with you two? I, I don't what? know. Okay, It's hard. <laughs> okay, it's on being, Saturday, on Friday night. It's harder to get a grip. No, this is a real thing. Don't. What are you? Listen, you got to move. Listen, we got to move pack, Move past the double entendre here. You the tried. Weather, your entire phrase was designed to reinforce the double entendre. So don't give me crap. Like you've moved on. Oh, I tried to work in shrinkage, but there wasn't a place to do it. Yeah. Um, um, 
So but, so Friday night is supposed to be cold and potentially wet. Yep. So how is that how is that going to affect the game if if we're in a wet game then it's a Tyler Algier game more than it's a Zach Wilson game, right? Yeah, it becomes a ground game. And that changes everything that everybody has been talking about in terms of this game. You know, I've seen some places in Vegas, from what I can tell, are, are starting to take the over-under off the board here. And uh, and maybe it's the weather or, or whatever, but the last line I saw in the over-under was 60 and a half. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be that. I would take the under. Cold, not if it's cold and wet out. I'm going to um, take the under. The spread becomes even more important, right? And, I, and I've seen the spread has moved around a little bit. I think it opened oh, up at around five. A little bit? It's it, moved all now? over the place. It's been okay. So yeah. Anyway, it's moved around. Yeah. Was my yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think if you get into a real weather situation here, where if it is really cold and wet, it's it just this is like going back to last week's choose your own adventure. Um, I do yeah. like us. In that scenario, though, I, I do, um, I do favor our rushing attack against their defense over their rushing attack and our defense. I agree. If it becomes a ground game and a bit of a slog, I, the other part for me is we have a veteran, talented offensive line, and um, they have some talent there too, for sure. I, I just, I'm with you. That that uh, feels better for me. I mean, it's we're on the turf, so it's not going to be muddy. Right, it's really about how wet is it, and there's supposed to be a bunch of rain that morning. And of course, this is we're recording on Monday night. The forecast may change completely by the time the game comes around. But if we go off the, to what the forecast looks like today, it really depends on whether it's raining when the game is played. I think the drainage there is decent from what I remember some other wet games. But if it's raining while you're playing, it's wet. Right? Doesn't matter how good the drainage is. The right. ball is wet. Your hands are wet. Uh, tackling guys is harder because they're wet, right? It can favor a good running back. And Algier has looked really good this year. Um, you know, yes, he's had a bunch of really big holes to run through, but he's also made a lot of good plays, good cuts, good decisions, and he runs through people. So I don't know. So Matt, let's let's talk about that. The over-under now is at what? Boise by two and a half? Uh, yeah, I'm seeing two and a half. Okay. So are you taking uh, Boise in that scenario? No. No, I'm not. No, you're not. All right. And the over-under, you said some have taken off the board. The last one I saw was 58 and a half. Are you taking I'm 58 seeing, and a half? I'm seeing one at 60 and a half. 60 Am I taking, half. which is insanity, but I don't even know what to do with these with these lines on these BYU games anymore. Yeah, I don't know what to do with them either. I am taking the under at 60 and a half. Taking the over. Oh, ho, ho, ho. all right. Let's hear your prediction, buddy. But but let me, so so th- so far this year, BYU is 4-1 and one against the spread. Okay. Okay. So I, I think you, I, I think you got to take them. I think you got to take them here. Nobody's really sure what to do here. And the way that this has worked out right now is, Boise's not even being given the full three points you get for playing the game at home at this point. So this is a this is, everybody agrees this is going to be a close game. I think everybody sees a lot of points being scored in this one. I think what we come down to, quick math here, just to make sure. Yeah, I've got a final score here. BYU wins. Final score thirty-eight thirty-four. 
All right, good prediction there, buddy. I'm gonna say, um, I'm gonna say it's a tighter, it's a tight game, just like you've got. I've got BYU winning 31 to 27. I think if it's wet, Matt, this is going to be a game of chance because the teams are both good, and people don't like to hear that. If you win or you lose, you want to attribute it to your team's performance solely. But we both know we're Patriots fans. That snow game. Besides Vinatieri's amazing skills in kicking in the snow, and obviously the uh, the play that Raiders fans don't want to talk about, it's luck in in crappy weather, right? I mean, you can guys that don't usually fumble will fumble, right? Um, so if it's crappy weather, this to me is a total like you know who knows what it's going to happen. Uh, but I think in the end, BYU's a slightly better team, and they win on the road and and go to eight zero with a very good chance it's at really in- something very interesting about what you just said, right? With the weather and how that could change the game, is that the under in the last five meetings in Boise, the under is four and one. So wow. and and with the snow coming in here, I, I think you make a very strong point about how that could impact the game. And this might be a lower scoring affair than than we're expecting. But that's a crazy statistic that the last five meetings in Boise, the under is four and one. Right. That's tough. I, I, it is a tough place to play. Right. I don't know that it'll be as tough. Are they having fans? Um. I. But it won't be it won't be crazy I like normal. I assumed that they would. I assumed they would, but I don't know for sure. Right. I, I it won't be like normal. And you know, I hear people say who's got the most motivation. Both of them have plenty of motivation, right? Boise wants to beat us because this is their only chance potentially to beat a top team all year, right? This is their biggest game, just like it's our biggest game. So everybody's got all the motivation in the world. I don't believe that's going to be the difference in this. Do you, Matt? You know, I don't think it's a motivation thing. It will be who executes better on Friday night, right? Who executes better, who sticks yeah. to their game plan. And if it's wet, even if it's not wet, it may come down to a weird bounce of a ball. You know, strip sack, and do you recover or does the offense get it, right? Things like that. Um, and Wilson has been very careful with the ball, but, you know, you know, and I think he will continue to be. I, I think he's probably got one interception in him, though, on Friday. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Um, so, all right. And to clarify a statement earlier, it's it's BYU against the spread is four and one in their last five meetings at at Boise. Right. So, right, not four and one against the spread this season. Yeah, yeah. Because that wouldn't make any sense. Because that's five games. No, we're five and two again. We're five and two. On the spread this year. This year, right. So uh, I would say, man, this is just, this is crazy, man. We're This, this game's going to be crazy. This I think this is going to be a close game. It's, it's, it's a difficult game to predict. Um, yeah. I think it's going to be a fun game. Ultimately, I do really think that BYU will win. I mean, historically, I, when I think they'll lose, I'll call it. But, Same um, here. I, uh, this is, this game's going to be, this is going to be, this game could be tough to watch. I think it'll be decided late. Um, and could turn out to be a real classic. Now, here's the thing. I think there's a non-zero chance that BYU is way better than Boise and blows them out. 
And I only say that because Boise may not be as good as we think they are on paper, right? Because we don't know who they played. But they were really good last year, right? So, I, I mean, we can say they haven't played anybody yet, which we've heard that refrain all year. Um, but what I would say is that I think the chances of that are small. Do you agree? It's yeah, not like a BYU. It's a non-zero chance, sure. But I think it's highly unlikely. Yeah, highly unlikely. All right, Matt. Well, we're excited. Um, get, thanks, everybody, for downloading and listening. Thank you for your awesome tweet bag questions. As a reminder, look for the winner of our drawing for our Patreon subscribers. That'll happen on Friday night. We'll do it halftime of the Boise State game. Uh, we will announce the winner then. So sign up on Patreon by Thursday at noon. I'll say. I'm just making that up right now. Thursday at noon. That's a um, completely arbitrary deadline. Correct. Correct. As are many. No, the deadline has to, it has to be before halftime, clearly. Well, yeah, it's got to be before halftime. And um, you're not going to be downloading that list during the game. So, yeah, I'm, that makes sense. Thursday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thursday at noon. Yeah, Thursday at noon. Said? Makes perfect That's sense. Right. Suckers, get it in there. Yes. Did you just call the listeners suckers? So nice. I don't know who I was referring to when I said that. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I'm not even sure what I just said. Is yeah, that what I said? Sure. I don't think. That's I don't know. What I said. But I'm excited. This is this is the biggest BYU game in a long time. And win or lose, this has been an awesome season so far. And I'm really looking forward to a game that I'm probably going to tear my hair out. I will. T- I will tear what is left of my hair out. Mm, you keep it too short. That's going to be very hard. You'll need tweezers. Very difficult. That's painful. Yeah, very painful. Well, thanks, everybody, again, for downloading and listening. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, and we will catch you next time. Go Cougars. Go Cougars.